Hello, I'm Ryan. I'm a heroin addict. Oh, oh, that's what I look like right now. Great. All right. Uh, yeah, I look a lot older than I really am. Jesus. Okay, so I'm uh, just going to share my experience, strength, and hope. My experience growing up, you know, it, was, uh, it wasn't awful, but there was no father figure present. You know, he left when I was like four years old. My mom and dad were never married. In fact, they were together like two months when she was pregnant. So I'm the epitome of a bastard child. I'm okay with that today. So because not having a father around growing up, I, I didn't really have much in the way of <laughs> self-esteem. I didn't know how to stand up for myself at all. You know, and then being bullied in elementary school and shit like that, it just completely lowered that self-esteem even more to the point where I was terrified. Back then, I would never have fucking come up here in front of people I don't know. No, absolutely not. I was very shy. I was quiet. I didn't talk to anybody. I was afraid that people would judge me all the time. And to some extent, that still can be true today. But things are different in my life, so I don't have to worry about that as much. There came a point in my life when, uh, when I was about 13 years old, my mom asked me what I would do if I saw my dad walking towards me on the sidewalk. I told her I'd kick him in the balls and walk the other way. Six months later, she tells me that he has prostate cancer. So even if I kicked him the balls, nothing would have happened anyway. And at that point, I was like, all right, sure, I'll meet him. You know, I was like, all right, this is, this is fine, I guess. I thought I was ready to meet my dad. I was not. I wasn't. So I go and I meet him. He gives me a really big hug. It was super awkward. Like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know when to break away the hug or to disengage and kind of hugs or anything like that. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But he was dying. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to humor the guy. I was not prepared for that. I was not prepared to be authentic at all because I didn't have any self-esteem. I thought that if people saw me for who I truly am, they're not going to, want to be in my life. So what did I do as a coping mechanism? I got high. Shocker. No way. So it all started with weed, you know, and drinking here and there, all that kind of stuff. The status quo standard, if you will, but it very quickly progressed to heroin and meth. It started off with meth, but we'll talk more about heroin here. Uh, my very first time doing heroin, I... I was 15, about to be 15, and I thought that it was whatever. I didn't think much of it. You know, I didn't really do a whole bunch. And I was just saying things like, all right, you know, like if I find this around again, maybe I'll get some, but like, it's not my thing. I was still super focused on weed and drinking and other shit to keep me awake throughout the night because I hated sleeping. But then eventually that progressed to the point where I hated stimulants and all I wanted to do was heroin all the time. You know, I didn't have anybody to hang out with. So all I wanted to do is just sit in my room and nod the fuck out. I'm pretty sure people in here can relate to that. So it gets to the point in my life where uh, I didn't, I didn't have a job, obviously. I'm not trustworthy in a work environment. I had a few jobs here and there, mostly in factory work. I kept on getting fired for nodding out on the assembly line. It's not safe at all. It's not safe. I could have lost a finger or some other limbs, extremities, whatever. It, it sucked. But I was really pissed off that they fired me. Like, don't they know how much of a hard worker I am? I wasn't working hard at all. I was asleep the entire time. It wasn't working at all. And so they fired me. So I quickly realized that, you know what? In order to support my habit, I got to start resorting to criminal tendencies and shit like that. So it started off with like, yeah, stealing from mom and stuff like that. You know, find her ATM, put in the pen, pull out like 500 bucks here and there, you know. And she caught on to that pretty quickly. She was not happy with it, changed all her information. I was screwed. So I figured like, you know what? I have these, I'm not gonna call them friends, but this group of people over here that have all these shady things that they do, I'm gonna learn from them. So that's what I did. I started doing residential burglaries and home invasions. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal. 
I had no idea. I was very naive. I was a naive heroin addict. I didn't know how severe that was or anything like that. I also started counterfeiting and shit too. And I didn't realize that the secret service is what comes after you when you're counterfeiting. So I was like, okay. When somebody told me that I got really paranoid every single time I'd be printing bills, I'd be like peeking my head out the window. I'm like, Oh, is that, is that them? No, they're not after me. I wasn't like a high roller fucking counterfeiter. No, it was just some, fucking few bills here and there that I'd actually I'm not gonna lie I'd put into the seven tradition basket at meetings because there's no cashier <laughs> I still have to own amends to that that meeting because that was not cool of me at the time I was very sick though I'm sure they might understand hopefully I'll pray about it but anyway uh eventually I get arrested for a residential burglary violent charges and the only reason why I wasn't a home invasion was because the people that were there at the time were inside and it was a garage that was attached to the house. On top of that, I ended up getting a strike for that, which is ridiculous because I stole a bicycle from a garage and I got a strike for it in California. If you're not from here, three strikes, you're out. So like, I thought that was pretty fucking dumb, but it was what it was. I had to go to LA County for quite some time for that one. And I was so terrified. I was praying to God. I'm like, you know what? Like, just get me out of here. Like I will do anything. Just get me out of here. I got out. First thing I did, I got high. My mom picked me up because she's a wonderful lady and I was a total asshole. And we went to, uh, we were going to go to Santa Monica and uh, we stopped at Venice first to get some food because there's nothing open anywhere else except for Venice that early in the morning. And I knew fully well that, all right, yeah, I'll be able to pick up there. I was still withdrawing and shit like that. So I was like, all right, cool. I found this guy, picked up, got high, ended up going to my uh, first rehab I ever went to that day. And I hated it. I hated it. I didn't learn very much from there. I brought drugs in, got kicked out, and that became a pattern for the next several years. Any single time I would go to rehab, it was literally just to get the court off my back. And every single time I went to any of those treatment centers, I always brought in heroin or any other kind of drug. And I always brought other people down with me because I was terrified of being alone, going back to the self-esteem thing. I was terrified. I didn't know how to sit with myself. I was still a scared little kid. Only now I have a strike on, on my record and I would wear that as a badge of honor. So people would think I'm cool. That's not fucking cool. No, that was not cool at all. But you know what? That's how I wore it. Fast forward a little bit. Uh, it got to the point where every single treatment center I went to, like, no, we're not going to have you anymore. Like, dude, you keep on doing the same shit. Like, we love you. You're cool. You're a great person. And you're funny. You're a good client when you're on your shit but when you're not on your shit you're fucking everything up you're bringing other people down with you so at that point i realized my lifeline was done so the next thing i need to do is all right i'll just be homeless for a while and that's what i did i was homeless for a while now my dad died years prior to this instance and i was homeless in the area that he died in. he was in the hospice in costa mesa and i was homeless out there for a few years or so and I wasn't allowed anywhere on one side of the street on 17th street on 19th street. I wasn't allowed on the back half of it because every single time somebody would call the cops on me and be escorted away. And every single time I always had drugs pretty much being on probation. They took me in every single time. I'm like, dude, this sucks. Constantly have to call my probation officer left and right. I'm like, dude, this is miserable. So I end up getting so tired of sneaking out of bathroom windows at treatment centers. And I'm like, all right, dude, like I got to do something different. And I heard about this place called Treehouse where I got sent to and everything about it, I did not want to do. Wake up at five o'clock in the morning. No, I don't want to do that. I am lazy by nature. We got to do mandatory CrossFit workouts. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking do those things. No. On top of that, after all those things are done, then you have your groups for the day. 
So you're looking about a 12, 13 hour day, every single weekday. I'm like, I don't fucking want to do that. That's not comfortable to me. I no, no. But then those people kept on showing up the detox. I was, so I decided, okay, you know what? These people obviously give a shit and maybe I should try doing something different. So that's what I did before I came into the program. I, uh, I looked like shit. I looked homeless. Even in sobriety, I had this leather vest that was raggedy and disgusting. Some people in here know that. And it looked awful. It wasn't even a vest. It was like a, a trench coat duster with no sleeves on it. It was decrepit at best. You know, and uh, I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. And then people kept on challenging me to change my ways. I used to identify as an alcoholic asshole all the time because I thought it was cute and funny and shit like that. It wasn't. I was labeling, labeling myself incorrectly because I'm not an asshole. I was before, but if I continue to label myself as an asshole, guess what? That's what I'm going to always be. And that's not who I am today. I'm not an asshole. I'm not the best person in the world. No, but I'm working on myself. So through this program at Treehouse, it was really close to the street that my dad died on. And there's one day we're passing by and we don't have vans to pick us up. We don't have druggy buggies. We have to get ourselves places. We have to be supported by the rest of our teammates or the people that you live with. We're passing down this one street and it looks really familiar. And we passed by the hospice that he died in. I just sat in front of the sign. I knelt down on my knees and I cried. I just let it happen. I'd been avoiding that pain for so long. I was like, you know what? It's, it's just time. It's time to take care of this. So that's what I did. And I felt great afterward. I did. After years and years and years of bottling all that shit up, putting heroin in my veins, getting fucked up, violating probation left and right, I was like, you know what? It's time to deal with these things and be an adult for once in my life. And that started transitioning into a better life for myself. Today, my life is drastically better. You know, I'm not going to say, oh, I got all the cool toys and trinkets. My car, it's, it's a good car, but like, it's not fancy. I don't have a, a BMW. I don't have a Bugatti or anything like that. The house I live in is in shambles. It's falling apart frequently. The bathroom tile is like chipped up every single time you step in it, scatters all over the place. You have to reassemble it. It's not a beautiful house, but the people I live with are wonderful because we're all trying to work on each, on ourselves and we're holding each other accountable. And that is something I really, really want to clarify on this community is very important you know there's this part in our brain called the limbic system and it is in charge of our instincts you know fight flight freeze reproduce find shelter food but when we're doing drugs it takes over all those things that's why i'm guessing there's a lot of people in here like myself if i had money in my pocket i'm not buying food i'm buying heroin even though i look like an emaciated polar bear i'm going to buy heroin that's what i'm going to do i didn't care if i didn't have anywhere to sleep i would sleep on a sidewalk if i could sleep at all no, I'm going to get heroin. And there's this other part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is extremely important for human beings. It's in charge of our higher level of functioning, communicating, gathering together in a society. Some people might want to talk shit on society. Okay, hey, you still on. But the fact of the matter is we need people with us. Imagine being a caveman and being the only person in your tribe. How are you going to kill the mammoth? How are you going to drag it over to your cave? How are you going to create the fire, cook the food, create your clothes? all by yourself. You will have no time to sleep. You will be exhausted. We need people with us. And that is essentially what AA or HA or NEA does. You have a fellowship that you can rely on to hold each other accountable. And as a result, I, I thought that was very interesting to myself. Originally, I didn't really care about the steps. I didn't, but it got to the point. I was like, you know what? All these people are betting their lives. And if I'm around them, I, I might as well see what it's about. And today my life is significantly better. I'm not going to say AA is the only way to get sober, but it's a damn good way to get sober. And why not put your eggs in as many baskets as you can, just in case if one falls, you have something else to pick you up. When COVID hit, I had people to call. And I was like, hey, I can't necessarily go to a meeting, but hey, buddy, how you doing today? 
oh yeah, hey, let's hang out. Let's go see a movie. Sure, there are not a movie that's not open, but let's go to the beach or something. Let's hang out. Let's do something. And today I have the ability to do that. I came here last minute. I didn't, I wasn't anticipating to do this on a Wednesday night. Last night, my buddy, Alan, he asked me like, hey, you want to be a 10 minute speaker? I'm like, okay, you know what? I was taught to never deny an AA request or a 12 step request or whatever. So here I am. And I'm glad I am because I get to share my, myself with you guys in the unadulterated, authentic manner that I am. I don't have to be that scared little kid anymore. I don't have to be trembling behind this freaking podium. Like, oh God, I hope they don't think I'm weird. I don't give a fuck if you guys think I'm weird. I'm a 26 year old guy wearing a suit and my hair is thinning out. I don't care. You know what? At least I get to get old enough to have thin hair. That's okay with me. I'm fine with these things because at least I have a life today. You know, I get to show up to people I care about. And I get to take care of things like making the amends, like the amends I mentioned earlier. I got to go do that pretty soon. I'm fine with that. I'm actually kind of excited. Even if they don't like it, hey, you know what? I did my part. You know, and this program gave me a lot of that strength because I could not have done this by myself. So I think, uh, how much more time do we have? Cool. All right. Yeah, that's it.